0: Hi guys, I'm Brad Montgomery and welcome to The Breakdown and here we take a look at different topics in science, investing, and psychology. Today we're going to be talking about FloraFest at Utah. Before we get started, if you missed any of our past conversations, you can catch any of our episodes at kfoxtv.com forward slash The Breakdown and listen along on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Now, let's break it down. Okay, so today we are here with Kevin Floyd, you're with the UTEP Chihuahuan Desert Gardens. It's part of the Centennial Museum, and we're talking about an event. We're gonna dive pretty deep into this event that you guys have. It's actually been a huge success Mm. over the years, uh, and it's called FloraFest. So as we start to dive in, first of all, let's talk about what is FloraFest, and how does it relate to the Chihuahuan Botanical Gardens
1: itself? Sure, so FloraFest is our native plant sale. um, It was originally an annual sale, so it started Probably about 25 years ago, in the late 90s, um, and it was a, a once-a-year spring sale. Um, it was really all about sort of two things. It was the fundraiser for the gardens, which it still is, um, and it was about getting great native plants out into the community. Um, and so we've been able to continue that going forward for you know 20, almost 25 years now. Yeah.
0: And so you mentioned it's been going on for 25 years. Has it has it grown? Did it kind of take little bit of time to get going as far as a slow start and then it just kind of blew up more recently?
1: Yeah, so I don't know how long. I know it definitely started a lot smaller. So it used to take place in our parking lot in the museum. So if anyone's been to the Centennial Museum, there's that parking lot behind it. And that's where the plant sale was. And it was there for the first several years of its existence. And then we moved into the UGLC Plaza, which is where we are right now. So that's the area between the museum and the Undergraduate Learning Center. A lot more space. and, And we fill it up. We definitely, we try to pack a lot of plants in there
0: now, so it, it's it's expanded. And now it takes place twice a year mm-hmm. as well. Is that correct? So what what made kind of the, the push to do that?
1: Yeah. So part of it was um, it was actually sort of COVID driven. So um, the only sale we didn't have was in 2020. We were getting ready for the sale, but then of course you know that in was March. spring is when yep. is was when COVID happened. So we canceled the sale um, and then came back in 2021 and. It was nuts. Like it just sold out in like a couple hours. Like wow. I knew it was busy, really? but there was just a huge demand of all the people. You know, they were stuck at home. They got into plants. They got into gardening. They missed out on a year of the sale. And so we sold out really fast. And so I'm like, wow, maybe we could actually support two sales a year. Um, and the fall is actually a really great time to plant, especially for um, perennials, for trees and shrubs. And that's because, you know, we're the sale's in April, in the spring, and... We're in the middle of the windy season. Hopefully we don't have winds the day of the sale, um, And then we hit the heat of the summer. And so there's a window in, and people can definitely make their plants survive in the spring. Right. They don't do much. But it takes a little bit of work, yeah. So, you know, you really have to be on it because that wind will dry it out, that heat will dry it out before the plant gets a chance to really get some roots in the ground. Yeah. In the, in the fall, though, it's great because the temperatures are cooling off, yeah. um, but the soils are still warm. And for us, until you get a freeze, which, you know, November, December, like right. January, yeah first now um so the plants can really be establishing during that time
0: yeah there's a there's a saying in, in gardening and it's funny because i had heard it s- uh, said several years ago and didn't pay that much attention to it but it's first year mm. creep second year leap mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah and i've seen it myself and i always wondered if maybe you could kind of get away with that a little bit by planting in the fall and maybe that next year yeah we'll yeah the results
1: you definitely do you get those roots starting to establish and so you get the additional growth in the spring so um, and like I said you can do both right so we do both we do a spring and a fall um, people can be very successful with plants that they get right. at either time um, Just got to keep an eye on them. but you definitely the 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 spring sale you need to get them in the ground and, and really watch them yeah
0: now you mentioned it takes place between what two
1: buildings so it's between the Centennial Museum and the undergraduate Learning Center
0: and what time and what day is this going to be?
1: So spring sale is April 1st. Um, it's going to be from 9 a.m. till 3 p.m. Um, if we sell out earlier, then we end earlier, but basically 9 to 3. Um, there's usually a pretty good line when we get in. I think the last spring sale, we had about 300 people in line, believe yeah, it or I mean, not. It was, I've seen
0: the line some years. They yeah, pretty,
1: it, it was pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. So it's definitely, there were people there. I got there at... So sale starts at 9. I got there at like 7.15, and there were like five people in line already. So they, they beat me to the plant sale.
0: So come ready. Come ready. Maybe with a little bit of coffee as well. Definitely. Uh, and and where do the proceeds go to? You know, you mentioned earlier, and, and kind of talk a little more broad about how the proceeds gonna kind of help with...
1: Yeah, so the proceeds are actually what fund the garden. So the the gardeners that work for me, along with any sort of maintenance and operations, it's 100% from the plant sale. So outside of a few other, you know, fundraisers, some some small things that we try to do, um, the plant sale is really what keeps us operating.
0: And does it, is it, I mean, because it's so popular, is it kind of... Automatically, just expanding and expanding little by little as far as like the, the amount of plants getting in? And,
1: and yeah. So we did, um, before I started, so I've been in the job about three years. So we did have a sale um, before I started that they had a bit too many plants. And so there were quite a few leftovers. Uh, there were, okay. um, so so there isn't an unlimited capacity for buying plants. Okay. So um, there there is a cap, but I think we're the support has been really great. We always have a lot of people coming out, so um, we're looking at somewhere, hopefully, between two and three thousand plants for for the one day sale. Nice. Yeah. Now,
0: when people go out, and we're going to kind of get a lot more into this part too. This is the part that I love. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of plants can they see?
1: So we're gonna have a um, pretty good variety. So we're still trying to figure stuff out. And part of it is because the sale on April 1st is a little earlier than what it's been in the past. And so some of our plants are still coming out of dormancy. Um, And we buy most of our plants from wholesale nurseries. Um, One in near Las Cruces and a couple others in- Arizona? In Arizona, yeah. And so even though Arizona's been warmer, like, they got snowed on pretty hard not they that long ago, wintered, yeah. and so a lot of their plants, you know, they're they're dormant, and so they're starting to break bud. They're starting to look good, and so we're still trying to figure out what's going to look good in time for the plant sale um, in April. And so the types of plants we're going to have: some trees, of course, probably I've got desert willows that we've we've had on, and they're just starting to leaf out. So okay. I'll probably have some of those. And again. Perfectly good plants, healthy, not a problem. But a lot of people want to see what they look like in right. flowers. True, if they um, yeah. So we're and we're trying to do more in terms of getting pictures of the plants and really trying to be able to show people like the plant's not flowering right now. Mm-hmm. But in a month, when it's in your yard, this is what it can look like. Right.
0: Um, when it looks like a stick. Right. <laughs> yeah. Like...
1: It's hard. It's hard to uh, spend money on a stick, even right. if you know it's going to do okay. <laughs> it's, true. it's a tough. It's a tough sell. Um, <laughs>
0: That's true. Very true.
1: Yeah. But we'll we'll have shrubs. We have a lot of agaves, um, different types of cactus, um, and then just general perennials. So things like. Um, uh, yarrow's and some um, chocolate daisies are always a popular plant. Um, some globe mallows, things like that.
0: And what I noticed, and I liked it as well, um, is you had a mix of both Chihuahuan desert plants as well as Sonoran desert plants, and some of these can be a little bit harder to find. Yeah. Uh, which, which is, you know, I, someone like me <laughs> can appreciate that, and yeah. I know other people out there as well, because you can find this kind of leafy kind of tree, if you will, that's actually does well in the desert. And you're like, wow, I didn't even know this existed, because yeah. you're not going to find it at Lowe's or Home Depot or any of the big box stores. Yeah. So what, what, how do you guys kind of land on, especially the, the out of region
1: ones, mm-hmm. that,
0: that still may be great for an area, how do you kind of pick and choose?
1: Yeah, so we really try to focus on Chihuahuan Desert native plants being the Chihuahuan Desert Gardens. Um, but because a lot of the nurseries are out of Arizona, they tend to focus more on the Sonoran desert species. Um, and I will say some species are both. So something like creosote and ocotillo, you find those from here all the way into like the Crescent, Mojave yeah. Desert. Right? Oh, yeah, actually, yeah. Um and so so in that case, sure. Like it's it's probably a plant from sourced from Arizona, but it fine. does find here. Um, but others it's really what well, what we really want to do, and I think think what makes our plant sale You know, different than maybe going to a big box store is that, you know, I'm selecting the plants. Like, it's, I'm looking at things that will, I'm pretty sure will do well. Like, they're not 100%. I mean, they still take some skill by the gardener maybe to get them them going, but um, I'm not going to bring something in that's like, this is, there's no chance of this surviving. Um, Maybe something like I'm starting to. Not
0: rhododendron. Right. We're not bringing (laughs) in rhododendron.
1: We're not bringing in, you know, stuff from the northern bogs, you know? Um, It's stuff that'll do well here. And so, you <laughs> Some of that, you know, it's Chihuahuan Desert, but some is Sonoran because the Sonoran Desert is relatively similar to us. They they don't get quite as cold as we do. So, you know, the the most famous plant from the Sonoran Desert is the saguaro, saguaro. cactus, right?
0: They didn't do so well in twenty eleven.
1: Yeah, they you know they can handle freezes, but they can't handle hard freezes. Right. And so, you know, people I've seen some in town. I've seen some decent sized ones in town, but that's that's you know, in a hard freeze, you're not gonna they're not gonna make it. So there were
0: some pretty before twenty eleven. There were some saguaros here. Occasionally see them around town. Like there was one actually here uh, at Obelus on Mesa against yeah. the wall. And but yeah, they at first it looked like they may have survived. Yeah, but then after about three days, the arms went down. Yeah, and then you saw them kind of. It was pretty sad. But yeah, they have been here for you know a good bit. Yeah, but like you said, not long term. Right. So you're not going to have saguaros. Right. Stuff like that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, right. If we could kind of go into because I'm I'm kind of curious. I know a lot of people are too. Kind of some of the trees that are. are very, you know, desert-hardy, if you will, that mm-hmm. do very well here. What, what are some of the tree species in particular that you're going to have that we can kind of look forward to seeing, and especially some of the ones that we can't get here?
1: Yeah, so so it's kind of tough right now. Because the desert willows are dormant, I'm not quite sure exactly what we're going to be able to get in, okay. um, but we're looking at some of the oaks, um, some of the live oaks that aren't Necessarily native to El Paso specifically, mm-hmm. but they're they're more East Texas and they do really well. They're the type of oaks that you'll see that have survived in El Paso for several years, like yeah. you know decades. Live oaks in, are amazing here. Yeah, yeah, and and they're a great plant. They they provide pretty dense shade mm-hmm. actually. Um, do well with minimal water. Um, the acorns are used by birds, so so they're a really good plant. Um, even if they're not necessarily like hardcore Chihuahuan Desert plants. Um, we're hoping for some some desert willows. We have um, a Greg's Ash, which is a little leaf ash okay. that's a really nice kind of, maybe like a 20 foot tall tree. So um, one of the things that I've, I've noticed, especially if you're thinking like most of El Paso, that's a little bit hotter. So you go up to the Gila, Trees are all over the place, right? Right, And that's still kind of Chihuahuan Desert, Mm -hmm. um, but most people aren't experiencing that. And so most of our trees aren't really those big, you know, showy shade trees that a lot of people are looking for. Um, But we have some really great, just sort of regionally, we have really great um, small ornamental trees.
0: Now, let let me ask you, um, if I remember right, I think I saw some sycamore?
1: There's sycamore at UTEP. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But they, you're not going to have any for sale. I haven't seen any listed. Yeah. Okay. And I, we're, it'll be interesting to see how the ones at UTEP do. Um, cause it's one that we don't see a lot of around town. Yeah. And so I am always looking to see, even yeah. if it's yeah. not a native plant, right. how do these plants do in, in town? Yeah. Um, and so, and it's also really dependent on what part of town people live in. So if you're in the Valley, you, you can grow cottonwoods, you can grow elms. Yeah. Like there's a bunch of trees you can grow that are native here and do great. You try doing that on the side of the mountain or out yeah. on the east side and, the and yeah it's all rocks or it's all sand yeah. and and you've got to
0: you know Dead, die back all
1: yeah it, it's not going to make it so you know we you have to think about like which of sort of those three general areas are you in are you in the valley more of the rock the the mountains or sort of sandy mesa
0: now on that on that subject of kind of where you see trees where you don't as far as native goes i mean in the in the you mentioned cottonwood and everyone knows the cottonwood golden <laughs> and beautiful in the fall and mm-hmm uh rapid grower wouldn't necessarily want one in your yard, but pretty to look at, especially along the river and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But sycamores, you see them with the cottonwood in the canyons in California, and the canyons in Arizona, even mm-hmm. east of Phoenix. Yeah. Um, but then I guess they kind of stop. I mean, do they Are they mostly in the Sonoran Desert? They don't really tiptoe into our...
1: I don't see much of it, yeah. There. there might be maybe some like into the Gila, but yeah,
0: in that area. but
1: it's definitely, you know, once you get out of Arizona in that sort of southeastern Arizona, yeah, Chiricahua area, you don't see a lot of them
0: around. And you mentioned other um, uh, species of oak, so live oak mm-hmm. as well. Are there any species of live oak that are... Maybe not as large Mm. as some can get or because I know there's some at the botanical gardens that are the blue has a bluish leaf.
1: Yeah. So that's the Mexican blue oak.
0: Mexican blue oak. Yeah. That one is beautiful. Yeah. It's, It's I mean, it looks like it stays, you know, it doesn't get gigantic. Right. Um, are you gonna have some mid-sized trees as well?
1: So again, it, I'm not sure. It doesn't okay. look like the tree availability is that great right now okay. from the nurseries. Yeah, okay. so you know, trying to pull some in, see see what's coming out of dormancy. Um, but yeah, some of those oaks, that's actually one of the troubles that we're having is just finding growers. Um, a lot of the nurseries are really seem to be struggling these days. Um, so I think it's, you know, the big box store competition is really, yeah. really having a hard time. So some of our like reliable growers are downsizing or going out of business.
0: And, you know, and, and the, the tough part about that too, and this is why you kind of want to support local when you can. Uh, some of our desert stuff is slower growing. hmm. And that is just not what you want when you're trying to sell and yep. push stuff out the door. Slower growing is it takes more money and yep. takes time, which is more money. Yeah. So you, they they like the quicker growing things yeah. as well. Are you gonna have um, Achatia by chance?
1: Whew. So the one of the nurseries has it, but okay. they're expensive. So ah, okay. it's one of those where I'm like, I don't know if don't it's worth bring it bringing them in because okay. it's. Um, I'd have to. It's about seventy-five dollars for a five-gallon. And uh, so
0: let's talk about some of the unique you know, it's because they get the beautiful flowers, mm-hmm. but some of the unique flower species um, that you may be having uh, for sale uh, on April 1st, because there's a lot of things that kind of grow and they'll kind of grow back and grow mm-hmm. back and grow back and give you a pretty show every spring. Yeah. What are some of the, and, and there's been some where I've gone and I was like wow I didn't know that could <laughs> grow here. you you're kind of surprised so you kind of learn when you go too mm-hmm. but what are some of those that you guys are going to be bringing in that people may get may actually want to purchase for their yard.
1: Yeah so some of the flowers um, that are just starting to flower at the gardens at UTEP are columbines. Okay. Um, they like a little bit more sh- uh, shade. They're kind of a stream side type plant okay. so if you have a shady spot in the yard or, and not even full shade, but just, you know, something that's not in the middle of your front yard, surrounded by rocks. Um, And they have really showy yellow flowers. um, And they're just, again, starting to, starting to flower. So those should be in, in good show by April 1st. And then obviously if it's in your yard, you get the full, the full joy of that. Um, blanket flowers, the galardia, those are just a really, you know, they're bright orange-red daisy-looking flowers. Um, they flower pretty much continuously. They'll they'll start flowering now, and then they'll keep going until a frost.
0: And I remember I had gone, it's been several years now, um, but there was, I think you had Mexican blue palm
1: mm, yeah. as well. <laughs> we have one in the garden. It's not a native. It was yeah. one that... Um, one of the one of my predecessors just couldn't say no to. Yeah, um, they're pretty, but they grow slow. Yeah, and they get big, so it's definitely one that I keep looking at in the garden and thinking, "This is a this needs to go someplace else." Yeah, maybe but, my
0: yard. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Because I tell you, there was one, and this really really surprised me. Um, there was a big one in part of town. It was actually in northeast, and it was old. And at first, it was probably about maybe 25, 30 feet tall.
1: Wow. Know.
0: And it almost looks like a California fan palm, but uh, from a distance, mm-hmm. I, had, I had noticed down the street, but I saw the long flower stalks mm-hmm. on the inflorescence. And so I was like, that's not, you know. So I went over and I, I got a couple of seeds off of it. After 20, the 2011 freeze, it didn't have a
1: mm. nick
0: of damage on it. Mm. Wow, and I, I I was I couldn't believe that I couldn't believe how cold hardy it was. Yeah, and even you know the, the California fans survived. Mm-hmm. but they had you know burned right. out of the crown. Yeah, but but the Mexican blue palm was surprisingly hardy. Yeah, I was I was shocked by that. Yeah, so I remember I had seen some at the plant. I think I saw like four of them mm.
1: at the yeah.
0: plant sale one year.
1: Yeah, that but was it, probably when we got ours. It was probably like a leftover, or maybe they bought maybe they bought five and you only <laughs> saw four for sale. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, that, yeah they were. Um, they're slow growing, yeah, but but pretty palm, yeah. But yeah, they do require the, the space for sure.
1: Yeah, and like you mentioned, the slow growing. I think that's a piece that I really want to try to educate the consumer, you know, the the, the shopper about, is just some of these plants do take time. Like you said, the first year it creeps, the second year it leaps. Right. Some plants just take a while to get going, and and you're not going to necessarily get that instant gratification that you might with sure. a non-native plant that's been bred to grow fast and and a lot of times those fast growing plants they grow fast and they die young um, so that's, you know that's what
0: that other saying live <laughs> fast and die yeah, young yeah exactly
1: so. so you know these slower growing plants they're putting more like potentially that's it's a woodier plant mm-hmm. or they're putting more roots into the ground right. to get that little bit of rainfall that we get
0: yeah, versus like an oleander that's just going to yeah. leap out of the ground. Probably.
1: Yeah, and even that, there's some natives like the, the yellow bells. It's a real common plant, oh, yeah, the Tacoma stands. Yeah. They die to the ground. They're not cold. They're root hardy here right. for the most part, if it's protected maybe. But they die to the ground, and then each year they six put like feet? six to eight <laughs> like, feet of crazy. growth on it, right? And yeah. so once those are established, you can get a bunch of growth even in a season.
0: There were some of those on, on Red Road. They did really, really well mm-hmm. this past year. I mean, yeah, it was, I had I had grown a couple of those. Uh, and I think they had died in the, the big freeze. Mm. But like you said, generally root hardy here. Generally no issues. And yeah. je- fast grower kind of yeah. an oxymoron compared yeah. to like the rest. Yeah. Let's talk about some of the differences between the Sonoran Desert and the Chihuahuan Desert. Uh, it's almost a, a fairly marked difference. I mean, it's it's really interesting when you drive from here to Tucson. Once you cross over. The New Mexico state line. Actually, it's just before you cross over. When you start going downhill, mm-hmm. there's a little town after Lordsburg. I can't remember mm-hmm. the name of it. And then you start. The, and it looks. It just looks different. Yeah. Like the mesquite look bigger. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think you've got a bigger variety. And then as you get even toward before Texas Canyon, you know. And then after Texas Canyon, look like the acatillo are taller. I mean. Mm-hmm. So what kind of changes are we seeing between here? In Tucson, along I-10. Yeah,
1: so a lot of it's it's rainfall and, and temperature, basically. Okay. So they, they're a little bit wetter. Um, so typical in El Paso is about eight inches of rain a year. Okay. Um, I'm not actually sure what it is in Tucson. I feel like it's more like 12-ish. Yeah, yeah. yeah. they beat San
0: Diego.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yay. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, and, and they don't get <laughs> as cold. So they right. get freezes, but in general, they're not as cold as we are. And so that, you know, not getting as cold means the plant can be active longer. More rainfall means the plant can can grow a little bit taller. Yes. And so that's when you get, like, the and things like that that are I mean super slow growing right I right. forget I think it's like 50 years before they put, put the first arm on like right. it's something crazy like that like you see a, a 20 foot tall swarrow and it's you know it was yeah. there when the mayflower came over
0: yeah know. and but one and you know it's actually that's a very good point and one point you had made um, with a lot of these desert plants yes they're slow growing but don't be deterred mm-hmm. because like you had said if you can give them some supplemental irrigation, mm-hmm. you'd be surprised at yeah. what you can get. And I you've, I know you've seen that firsthand on mm-hmm. a number of species at the gardens. Yeah. For me, I, for a lot, for a lot, lot of longest time, I should say, I'd be hiking and I'd see along a little arroyo mm-hmm. and I'd see these bigger mesquite and I'm like, oh, it's, it's a different species. Well, yeah. sometimes maybe, yeah. but other times when I'd go and examine, there'd be one, you know, eight feet away, mm-hmm. 10 feet away and it would be much smaller. It was just had its toe in the water there yeah. and can get a lot more water. Yeah. So when you're talking about the Sonoran desert getting more of that mm-hmm. rainfall and, and yeah. having an effect on the growth. Yeah, here you can you can kind of supplement that. Right. You know, if you get one of these slow growers and you know maybe give it a little water, maybe yeah just not just bare minimum, mm-hmm. but maybe you know once a week or whatever, you'd yeah. be surprised at where you can go. I've even yeah. seen some of the nicest we had this conversation last time you were on, some of the nicest creosote I've seen around town. <laughs> Are in people's front yards. I'm yeah. like, man, that thing's green. Like, yeah, it's pretty. It's
1: yeah, it's and that, and that's it. Like a lot of people, you know, you want the green shrub in your yard. Yeah. And so, if you look at creosote in the mountains or or in the in that isn't being irrigated like it'll it'll look brown it'll drop leaves the monsoon comes and it greens up again and people just don't really want to see that fluctuation in their yard and so giving it that extra supplemental um, irrigation like you're talking about can help help the plant look good so it's it's just a totally aesthetic thing Mm -hmm. if you really want to say you know we're in a drought we don't want to water anything like those plants will make it Mm -hmm. but you're going to have to accept that they're going to be a little bit you know scragglier than Mm -hmm. than what you would have with that extra water And
0: so the comparisons between the spring and the fall, the plant sale, do you get a different crop of plants in the fall? Is, is it maybe less of the flowering in the fall, or how
1: does that work? Yeah, so we try to get more trees and shrubs in for sure, the right. things that we know will do better. Um, but there's even just stuff that flowers at different times, like columbine that I mentioned earlier. It's a spring flowering plant. You don't see it in the fall. Right. So if you want it, like now is the time to get it. But there's things like goldenrod that are fall flowering plants, and and Damien, now Damien is a spring flowering, but turpentine bush. Um, it's a great plant that is just covered in yellow. Starting in maybe September, October. So you can plant it now, but it's going to look better in the fall. So being able to do spring and fall, I can also highlight, you know, what looks best in the spring versus what looks best nice. in the fall. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. And one thing I've wanted to a- ask you guys for a long time is, is where do you get some of the harder to find stuff? Like the, the plum?
1: Mm. What is the, the name The of Mexican that? plum? The
0: Mexican plum. Like, I'd love to have one of those. And then also the... Um, the golden, almost looks like the yellow mimosa. Mm,
1: golden uh, ball lead tree. Golden ball lead tree. Yeah.
0: But, I mean, you'll see him driving on the way to Valmore. Yeah. You know, but you don't see him in the nurseries.
1: <laughs> yeah. It, it drives me crazy. So, a lot of this stuff. So, even looking at the nurseries we buy from, yeah. they're, they're shortening their list of plants. And um, I think yeah. it's the things that either don't sell as well or they grow slowly like you talked about and so they're going to make more money selling the other things. Um, Because like you said, the longer it sits on their lot, the more time and water and everything they have to put into it. Um, so what we're really trying to do—we just started a couple years ago—we're trying to collect seed from the garden and cuttings from the garden to be able to grow some of those plants. So, like, we have golden ball lead tree seedlings; they're they're that tall. Right. Yeah. We've got um, chisos red oak seedlings that are that tall. So we're we're starting to try to grow these plants that we can't find in other places um, to be able to mix them in yeah right? to mix it in to have that that piece. And and I think also if we can you know demonstrate demand then that can get those those wholesale growers to, to start growing stuff. They've said to me, you know, like, oh, why don't you sell this anymore? I'm like, oh, we like, we like growing plants that sell. And it's like, well, you can't, <laughs> that's, that's a good business sense right there, yeah, so. Yeah,
0: because that, that Mexican blue oak is, Gorgeous, yeah. Amazing, cold hardy, hardy. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it's, it's wonderful.
1: Yeah, and so really looking around and seeing what's growing well, um, what are the things that people like, what, and if it's not in the nursery trade, can we grow it ourselves and, and do so in a way that we can actually get things out into the plant sale? And the other part of that that I'll say is because of that. We're probably going to sell them things that we grow ourselves. We'll probably have to sell at a smaller size than what we might be able to get from a nursery, because right. we don't have the facilities to grow a tree for five years. So instead of getting, you know, an eight-foot tree, maybe you're getting a three-foot tree from us, um, and then having to basically accept that those couple of years, you know, it'll it'll make it up in in the long run. But um, again, yeah. So we're really trying to figure out how do we educate the grow the consumer to be able to grow. To buy the small plants, to grow the buy the plants that aren't flowering, mm-hmm. to buy the things that will do well in their yard, but they aren't going to look like much on the sales floor. Right, right out the gate. Yeah.
0: All right. So the sale is April first, mm-hmm. nine a.m. Nine a.m. to
1: three yeah. p.m. Yep. Um, you can find all the information. Our website is utep.edu/florafest. Um, so we'll have information about parking at the Sun Bowl Garage. Um, wagons so if you have a wagon bring your wagon it's always funny to I've see that, people yeah. people come with wheelbarrows they have like kids strollers kids stuff um, whatever you can have we have a good number but never enough
0: awesome well, yeah kevin floyd gardens curator utap chihuahua desert gardens mm-hmm. next to the centennial museum thank you very much for joining us again it's flora fest april 1st 9 a.m through 3 p.m mm-hmm. get some nice looking stuff that grows here exactly <laughs> If you enjoyed this conversation, make sure to comment, subscribe, and share it with your friends. You can check out our past archive of episodes on KFOXTV.com under the community tab, or listen on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for breaking it down with me, and we'll see you next time here on The Breakdown.